Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining me on the next episode of The Veterinary Optimist. I am your host, Jennifer Evans, and I'm here with a very special guest today, Ashley Kalinowskis. I'm sorry, that that gets me sometimes, Ashley. I'm sorry about that. Ashley is the founder and CEO of Torigen Pharmaceuticals, a startup that resulted from her graduate thesis project at the University of Notre Dame. Ashley graduated from the University of Connecticut in 2012 with an undergraduate degree in pathobiology and went on to complete her master's at the University of Notre Dame, graduating in 2013. Corrigan and Ashley have been recognized for awards such as Animal Health Innovation USA Award 2021, Notre Dame Domer Dozen 2021, Forbes 30 Under 30, Connecticut Entrepreneur of the Year, Top Animal Health Innovation of 2018, Million Dollar Woman, Woman of Innovation, and Emerging Pharmaceutical Executive Award. Ashley, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. I can. I, do you mind me asking right off the bat, only because I've I've read off all of these awards. How old are you, Ashley? I'm 33. Mm. That's incredible that you've done this much at the by the age of 33. Do you feel like you're? Do you feel like you're proud of some of the accomplishments that you've that you've done? Absolutely. Extremely proud of the accomplishments and how far we've come. But I think as a company, I know that we can achieve so much more. Ashley, you know, whenever we talk about a company like Torgen, and I know we're going to get into this here in a little bit, but when we're talking about things like cancer in our pets and dogs, we know that that is a big deal. And for, for you to be heading a company like that, that could make such a massive impact on on our profession in general. And to know that you've done all of this and it kind of started just almost with your thesis, if I, if I understand correctly, and I know I'm about to ask you about that, but with your thesis in college, I mean, that, that to me is so inspiring. I would love to know a little bit more about that. If you don't mind, can you tell me about your time at Notre Dame? Yeah. So At Notre Dame, I worked in a lab that was focused on the development of personalized cancer vaccines. So we had done a lot of mouse and rat model research for prostate cancer, ovarian cancer, melanoma, squamous cell carcinoma, mammary carcinoma. So we had a lot of different tumor models that had been run, as well as a lot of patents and publications on this ability to really utilize the patient's own tumor as the antigenic backbone to create a vaccine. So really the theory is that if you're able to take a portion of the patient's own tumor, you're able to take the fingerprint of what went wrong because that fingerprint of the tumor cell, the DNA mutations result in kind of new proteins that are on the surface of that cell. And those proteins can be antigens. They are different than your normal healthy self cells, and they are a direct driver from the cancer mutation that has occurred. So now these proteins that exist on the cell are truly unique on an individual by individual basis. So our technology was how we were able to capture those patient-specific antigens to really take that tumor and take that fingerprint capture that and present it back to the immune system as a vaccine in a way for the patient to now recognize. So there was a lot that had already been done in the background that I was really walking into. But the main question that, you know, I was looking to solve was, well, how do you really take something off the lab bench and get it into commercialized 
technology. So what was cool about the program that I did at Notre Dame was that you were taking all of your science classes, like a traditional scientific master's, you were working in the laboratory, like traditional program, but then you were also taking all MBA classes. And it's about how can you take what you're working on and understand if that technology can actually be commercialized. So instead of saying that this technology could be commercialized for the human market, which was where all the data and technology was heading, you know, that was going to be a hundred million dollars in 10 plus years in order for us to even start seeing some of the good stuff that we had. It was, wait, how can we get this out faster? And that's really where, you know, veterinary medicine really came to be. So from our perspective, it was, okay, wait, we have this technology, it's ready to go, it's ready to be packaged out, and we have a market opportunity. You know, 4 million dogs and 4 million cats are diagnosed with cancer each year. Over 50% of all dogs over the age of 10 die from cancer. Uh, Cancer affects one in every four dogs. I mean, you know, the statistics keep going on and on in order to really say that this is a huge market problem. And then if you add in the fact that 90% of owners after a cancer diagnosis do not go onwards to see a veterinary oncologist, what we're left with is this huge disparity between diagnosis and what the actual treatment is going to be. So we really said like, okay, with this technology, we think we can close that gap. We think that not only can we have more pets treated after a cancer diagnosis, we can really bring immunotherapy to the veterinary market with a safe and affordable approach that can be used. So all of those pieces really aligned itself in order to say, you know, the light bulb went off. We had all we had it all. And now what can we do in order to really get this out into the field? I love that you noticed that there was an opportunity. And for me, I mean, I'm biased on this, but I I really have a deep appreciation that you took a deeper look into the veterinary field because you're right, Ashley, what happens is far too often we're having a conversation about a pet having cancer and far too often we're left with very minimal options for this, for this animal. And even though there is a really strong, beautiful, incredible place for veterinary oncology, oncologist in in veterinary medicine, it's not always the first option that an owner can go with. One, there are a lot of costs that go along with that. And two, they're just not readily available all across the U.S. And so for those two main reasons, when we're talking about one in four dogs getting cancer, for you to really dig into that, even even at a young age, really, to me, just shows your forward thinking. And I'm, I, for one, I'm very grateful for it. So when you were in, when you were, your, when you were at Notre Dame and you were looking into the possibilities of this, did you have, did you have any moment where you thought to yourself, this is really, I guess, when was the moment when you thought to yourself, wow, this is really possible. I can really do something with this. Yeah. So Notre Dame has this awesome business plan competition, and it actually spans almost the entire year. So it's from November until May almost. And what it is, is, you know, you start with what is your problem? What's your technology? What's your solution? Like, how are you going to be able to to do that on a one page document? And that's really where we started this of saying, like, we have this technology. 
we have a huge problem in veterinary medicine and I have a solution, a personalized cancer vaccine that can be affordably created in order to provide another treatment option to veterinary medicine. And then you start doing the deep dive, right? So you start talking to customers. So for me, it was really my first experience talking to veterinarians in order to understand really where, where are the problems here? How many barriers exist to get, you know, to an oncologist in South Bend, Indiana, where we're located, the closest oncologist was three hours south at Purdue or two and a half hours north at Michigan State. So even just in South Bend microcosm alone, there wasn't an oncologist in order to help these pets. So that was such a great opportunity for me to go and talk to these, these doctors, talk to these technicians and really kind of pinpoint, well, what do you do? And it's, well, we remove the tumor and then we wait for it to come back. <laughs> or the pet doesn't come back. And then that to me wasn't a right answer, right? We need to have more and we need to have more options. So kind of throughout the year, it really resulted in us, you know, formulating a business plan of like, okay, well, what does it look like for us to set up a lab? And how would this look? What does our safety testing have to be? How safe do we have to ensure that this product needs to be? What tumor types are this, is this going to be most applicable? And then by the end of the year, we ended up winning second place in the business plan competition we shown a one first but it's okay we could fair. I'll That's fair. <laughs> but you know and then uh but with that it really was again the catalyst of hey we really have something here and I have the opportunity to make a business so my former professor said Ashley if this is what you want to do I will be by your side every single step of the way and to this day, that has been absolutely true. He has been, you know, he's my co-founder, my chief technology officer, absolutely by my side. And, you know, also, it, you know, became this wild ride that we we started together. So, you know, I um, personally, I had a job offer um, and I was really excited about that job offer um, and I turned it down. Because I said, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and I think I can do it. Mm, I'm so inspired by this. So you're sitting here with a single piece of paper. The, the <laughs> single piece of paper. <laughs> well, but essentially it started off with a with a single document, right? Yep. You're getting ready to graduate. You have a job offer. You turn it down because you can feel in your gut that this is the way that you're being pulled and, and, and right out of college, what a great time to really try and experiment with something like that. You make this decision. Do you go right from getting out of Notre Dame to going right into starting Torgen up and running it? Was there a gap between any of that? What did that, what did that process look like? I, again, like, you know, thank so, so, so thankful for this, this journey. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that like pull in your gut, like I, I had that pull, like I knew that this is where I was supposed to, where I was supposed to go, what I was supposed to do. So um, kind of the, the, the really cool part of this story was I got offered an internship reporting directly to the president of a company down at Purdue University called Cook Biotech. So how Cook fits into this story is that 
the adjuvant that we use to drive our cytotoxic T cell response. So an adjuvant is anything used to stimulate an immune response. Um, we had been researching kind of this innovative adjuvant from Cook on how this microparticulate that was fully biodegradable was able to drive a strong cytotoxic T cell response. So the president offered me an internship where I worked under him and reported to him, but got to utilize all of the resources within Cook Biotech to understand how this company could stand up. So he really saw potential and promise in me in order to say, we want to make sure that this is going to be successful because, you know, I'm uh, time a 23, 24 year old grad student who had nothing and no money and, you know, had an idea to say, I think I could do it. Um, and, you know, he really believed that there was something here with the right guidance. So I ended up working at Purdue University for just about um, and in, in, in with Cook for about two more years. And then after after that, um, you know, as a, a ramen entrepreneur, uh, it made sense for me to move back home. So home for me is Connecticut. So uh, packed everything back up, moved back home, uh, moved in with my roommate, otherwise known as my dad. <laughs> and uh, he put me up for, for a little bit. He was very worried <laughs> because he's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, especially oh, when no. you come out of like all of this incredible schooling that you have and these degrees and all of this stuff. And now you're back home. I get, I get it. I'm job offers that I'm like, oh, <laughs> I get exactly it. What I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Um, and, but again, like, you know, talk about like the right timing, like what are my, what are my expenses? I have student loans and that's it. Right. I don't, if I, if I live with my dad, I don't have housing expenses, you know, I could live off of, you know, next to nothing. Um, I was able to get a consulting job. So I was working uh, a consulting gig as well. And right next to that consulting uh, gig that I had was uh, UConn Health Center. So yeah. UConn Health Center had a new program called TIP, the Technology Incubation Program, with the goal of starting more biotech companies within the state. So I had applied and I had said, I have something here. Um, I need a lab space. We need to do additional safety testing. Uh, we need to make sure that this product is safe to be provided. We had veterinarians lined up in order to help us run that, that testing as well. Um, so they ended up offering me a space. So nights and weekends, I was in there making the vaccines in order to provide it back, in order to accumulate the data to showcase that it was safe, um, making sure our quality control metrics were up to speed and up to par. And uh, then uh, we started taking on the first funding for the company, right? So I knew my product was safe and I had some really nice preliminary signals that it was working really well in dogs. So that was the next jumping point for us to take in outside capital. So my professor was the first money in and then um, other, other capital followed. You're 24 at this point. You're working a full-time job and then you're going over and spending hours in a lab proving safety in a drug that you have faith in and yep. you're doing all of this so you can start your own company and and this all leads up to i assume 24 25 is about the time that you decided to start torgen right jump all in so uh 2017 so i was 27 at that point is when no. i we had the funding uh, for me to be the first full-time employee with the company. 
And uh, it was at that point, it was me and me and two interns that were, were free from the university. <laughs> wow. 27 years old, female CEO, started your own company. And now you have this, this, this company Torgen and you're, and you're, and you're ready to just hit the ground running really quick. I want to pause because I heard an interview and I want to know about this a little bit more. Where did you get the name Torgen from? Yeah. So it started uh, from that one page, right? So um, uh, it always uh, takes me back. So uh, that one page where you have to put, you know, problem market solution, you had to come up with a name too. And uh, the week before I had to come up with a name, I had a friend from home. So from Connecticut, uh, pass away in a car accident. So it's so tragic and uh, so fast. And uh, I kind of said, if there's anything I'm going to do to change the world, I would want to do it with her by my side. So her name was Tori and I decided to name the company Torigen. I love, I love that. I hate that you lost a friend so suddenly like that, but I love the thought of carrying her with you. You know, for me, I, I sit strongly in this need for having a why, like, I, I feel like everything I do is fueled by my why. Um, thankful to Simon Scenic for being such a genius, but but it, it is true for me. Like it is just one of those things where it fuels my everything that I do. And to know that, that you started this and, and had at least this, this guiding light of, of somebody or, or someone who meant so much to you standing by your side throughout this process to honor her. I mean, I really just, I connect with that deeply and I, and I am grateful that you allowed us to talk about that a little bit. Cause I think a lot of our listeners will connect with that too. And so, all right, you're 27 years old. You've started Torigen. You have to start making this jump. I'm going to ask a couple of questions because I'm all about woman power. So here's my thing. Being a young 27 year old CEO, did you run into hiccups or challenges looking for the backing that you needed for this company, being a female owner of a company? I would say, you know, kind of between, you know, 24 to 27, that was the biggest challenge, right? Because who was I in order to do it, right? The only thing that people saw was just that I was determined and that I had this grit in me to not give up. But who am I to be CEO was the question that I was getting. And, you know, honestly, that's why there's that gap in between because I kept getting, well, you don't have the experience to be CEO. There's actually something here that's not you in order to do it. So I began looking for CEOs to come in and, and take this over and, and, and help me grow it. And I would glad to be number two. And we actually ended up, um, never became formalized, but we did have someone for a couple of months, like, you know, try to step into that role. But at the end of the day, it wasn't a right fit. And every time it just became not a right fit. So some of the Notre Dame investment community was like, well, we're not going to invest in you if you don't have an experienced CEO on board. And the cool part about coming back home and coming to Connecticut was that you they didn't watch that sausage being made, which is all the trials and tribulations of starting a really small company. They got to see it and say, wait, 
this company has safety data. This company has veterinary clinics that they're working with. This company is on a growth trajectory. They have the patents. They have the assets. They are moving forward. She's working in a lab nights and weekends. We need to give her money because we need to pay her for her time and give her capital so that she can take this up to the next level. So for me, like that was kind of a really nice switching point because instead of people doubting me and doubting my ability, I just put it down and I said, I'm going to be CEO until you find someone who can do a better job than me. I am going to lead it. And, you know, to this day, I haven't found someone better to lead it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm not cognizant of accepting learning from so many others. And if there was someone better to lead this company, absolutely. I would love to have them join me on this journey. But until that day, like I just had to find, I had to find the strength within me in order to turn off the doubters and say, I am, I am the leader of this company and I'm going to make the best decisions uh, for this business. Mm, I love that. You know, I had, a, I heard a statement one time and it stuck with me for the longest time is, there will be no company that will love you the way that you will love yourself. And I think that kind of resonates with you and, and Torjan. Like there's not going to be anybody who loves Torjan the way that you love Torjan. And so there's not going to be anybody that has passion that drives the way that you drive that company. And, and I love that you're aware of the fact that there might be some situation in the future where you need to look at it. But as of right now, you haven't run into that. And I think there's something really cool with that. And I, and and Ashley, I'll even take it a step farther. Whenever we talk about you running into all of these obstacles, for you to overcome that in in a in a moment where, I mean, technically by this age, you hadn't had a lot of work experience. You know, you you're obviously very intelligent. You're obviously a sharp tack, but you hadn't had a lot of work experience. So for you to push forward anyways, that just shows how resilient you are. And to me, that's a big deal. And, and I know that the people listening, that's a big deal. And I always do tend to bring things back to veterinary medicine, but that's kind of like how we are. We're super resilient and, and, and we relate to people like that. So I'm, I'm grateful that we took a little bit of time to, to talk about that. All right. So let's talk about Torjan for a little bit. Okay. Whenever I heard a um, I heard one of your interviews and in the interview, there was the interviewer who had asked you something about, well, there's clearly a lot of space for the human side, for you to grow this product on the human side. And they asked you about that. If you were ever going to move from dog, cat to, to human, do you remember your answer to that? Whenever you, when you, when you responded to that question? I think the the answer was we are completely focused in veterinary medicine right now. However, you know, we're always looking at other opportunities if they present themselves. But for right now, we are a company that's growing within animal health. That is who we are. That is what we're doing. And we've even brought on additional assets within veterinary medicine from the human side. So I think from our perspective, we're here and we're here to stay and grow. Mm, I love that. What's been your favorite part of being involved with animal health with the veterinary side of things? Veterinarians are great. <laughs> I love veterinarians. I love veterinary medicine. I love, uh, you know, technicians. I, I, it's just, you're, you're walking into a really warm and 
and healthy. I was going to say warm and fuzzy because oh, you guys do a lot of fuzzy things uh, sometimes. Uh, warm and fuzzy environment, you know, where everyone wants the the best options, the best medicine and the best care. And, you know, I think going back to, you know, our our laurels of, of being a good company with, you know, the right direction and always getting outside feedback in order to grow. I think that's always, you know, so important. And to involve the vet veterinary community on this has been, you know, a really nice grassroots effort for us to, you know, take off. Yeah. You being, we, I talk about this a lot, especially on this podcast, because, you know, I went into veterinary medicine when I was 15 years old. I started my job at 15 to be, um, to be a life longer, but you know, we get into it and there's just this love and this passion that goes into it. And like, we're so centered around these animals and bringing them health and happiness. And, and that spills over of course with the clients and everything else. And some of what we deal with is when we can give them options and we can go through things that give them some optimism around something massive like cancer that is a big moment for us. It's almost like dopamine for us to get into a situation where now we have options beyond what we originally had, which was either let's take the tumor off and send it in and hope we got all the margins and see what happens, or let's go to an oncologist. I mean, there was maybe baby steps in between that, but nothing of real value or real, I don't want to say value, but real substance when it came to cancer treatment. And I think that you offer some optimism around that. So let's talk about this. If you were to give like this over overarching view of towards products when it comes to uh, when it comes to veterinary medicine, whether it be a tech listening, a doctor listening, or an owner listening, can we talk a little bit about what what your company brings to the table for these clients with the products that you have? Yeah, I mean, I think we truly bring an expert in immunology. And as we continue to grow, that's really what we're focused on. So the immunology of the immune system, you know, we have PhD immunologists on staff. We have two veterinary oncologists on our, on our leadership team as well. So it's about being able to really provide a tumor concierge service. Tumor gets surgically removed. It gets submitted and shipped into us. And then as long as it's not in formalin, we need fresh tumor sample. What we'll do is we'll save a representative sample of that tumor, uh, put it into our minus 80 freezer, take the rest, put it into formalin and get it off to the histopathology provider of your choice. And just by doing that, we are saving an option for that owner. So that's the option to create the personalized vaccine. Now for every patient, this is not going to be the best approach, um, but for the patients where we're looking to do a nice cleanup and utilize the immune system to really help stimulate kind of a local uh, response in order to clean up dirty margins, this can be a really interesting option to consider. Mm, I love that. Have y'all had, have y'all had great success with your with your studies and the and the stats that you have? Yeah, so we have published data for uh, safety in dogs, cats, and horses. We also have a published efficacy uh, data piece for uh, dogs with hemangiosarcoma, specifically metastatic hemangiosarcoma. And then um, we're continuing to grow from there. So we've publicly presented a few additional uh, tumor types like high-grade, high-risk mast cell tumors. And you know we're excited to continue to bring uh, data and support to veterinary medicine. 
Man, I love that this is a new option. I love that it's something that we get to bring to the table. And I'm excited to continue to learn more about it and to get to get your name out there more, Ashley. Where where do you want veterinarians, technicians, or even owners to go to find out more about your products? Yeah, so our website, Torigen.com, uh, T-O-R-I-G-E-N.com, has a wealth of resources. We even have a veterinary resource hub where you can uh, you can watch uh, little snippets of video in order to understand more about our product, about our submission process. We also have the opportunity for you even to get free CE anytime by watching our CE on demand. So, you know, there's a lot of great opportunities for you to go on there, um, request a tumor collection kit so that we can get a, a, a collection kit to your hospital and that you can submit tumor samples into us. Um, my new little jingle that I do is uh, tumors to Torigen, not in formalin. So that's the one thing we have to remember because it's so easy for everyone to take the tumor and put it right into formalin. We need it fresh. We need it cold and we need it next day. So we'll provide you all of the shipping materials in order to do that. And also they're purple and branded and you know we make it so we don't want you to mess up um but if you do it's okay we'll walk you through the options uh so you know we just want to um just provide provide that option to donors i love that and i love the tumors to torigen that's going to be that's going to be one of my new favorite slogans okay i know that we're about to round out this interview a little bit and i've really enjoyed this conversation there was another portion that i read about i either read about or heard you talk about it on an interview and and it talked about build with burnout. And I believe that's a group that you have joined. And I'm going to ask you about it in just a second. But I believe that vet med struggles with burnout. And I think being able to identify with those around you and know that you're not alone really matters. Can you please tell me a little bit more about, is it build with burnout? Is that the name of the group? Uh, founders without burnout. Founders without burnout. I was nowhere near right on that. Okay. All right continue. I'm sorry. Can you tell me a little bit about founders without burnout? Yeah. So it's actually a, a group that, um, one of my investors, um, told me about sponsored the first few months, and then I've continued it onwards through the pandemic. So really what it is, is it combines other, other founders together in order to, you know, you have completely different fields. Uh, at one point I was with a makeup company, a wine company, a digital virtual reality company, and then a veterinary cancer vaccine company. So, you know, uh, totally different fields, but we all have the exact same problems that we're working through on a growing company, right? We're dealing with employees and we have employee issues or employees that are, you know, bringing things to the table that we have to deal with. We have investors that we have to appease. We have, um, you know, key stakeholders that have to be maintained and you have to grow. And then you have personal stuff that you're bringing to the table too. So it's how do you manage all of that and you're trying to grow a successful company. So, you know, the the stakes are high and there's a lot of pressure. So how do you find ways in order to effectively manage that? So it's, it's bringing together just, you know, additional cohorts so that we all can have a resource to be like, hey, today sucked. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. what, what did you do when you were in this situation? And, you know, I really think that it's also something that can be adapted. Um, like I know, um, like VMG, 
is a great, you know, veterinary mm-hmm. management groups, like where, you know, different veterinarians from across the country are part of one group so they can get together and discuss best practices. So it's not like you're competing against each other. We're all focused on growth, you know, and, and I think it's something that we can bring into our lives where it's, you're not alone in what you're going through and what may seem like the world is crashing down on you. It's not. And we're going to get through it and rely on your support network in order to do it. So sometimes you feel so alone and you're not, you know, there's you're so not, many, you're I not. agree with you. And you know what, yep. with, when veterinarians, veterinarians specifically, and I think a lot of people are like this, we know that we do have groups out there. We know that but taking the steps to like join them and be a part of them. I think that's sometimes where we get stuck. And I, and I love that you really touched base on the fact that you went through with it. And not only did you go through with it, you're still a part of it today. And we're talking about two or three years at this point, And that really matters. Um, okay. Thank you for telling us about that. Here we are. Oh, one thing, yes. I mean, you know, I mean, for veterinarians, I mean, it doesn't have to be a formal group, right? If you have someone from vet school that lives in California and you're in Florida, all right, you're not competing against each other. Use them as a resource in order to be like, how did you deal with this owner that came in that was really upset about, you know, the new pricing we put in place? What did you do? And how did you say just reaching out like that and having someone to be a backbone can be amazing. Well, I hope we kind of get over the whole competitive thing anyways, because like there's enough for everybody here and we all need a little bit of extra love and compassion in our lives. And so I hope we can get past that step as a whole, but I agree with you completely reaching out and just have taking that step matters. So thank you for that. Okay. This is our last question. All right. Because your story, I mean, to me, Ashley, your story is incredibly inspiring. If you were to give one piece of advice for somebody who knows that they were meant for something bigger or knows that they have that gut feeling, what would your piece of advice be for them? Jump all in, both feet, and don't look back, right? There's so many times where I meet amazing students and they have a great idea and, you know, they're not ready to jump in, right? Or even if you're um, a mom and has a great idea in order to start another another company, but you may not feel that you have the resources or support in order to do it. So you kind of dabble a little bit and it fades away. I think if you're going to start something and you have that pull in your gut and you know it can really be something, you are only going to learn from the opportunity by going all in and you have nothing to lose. Mm. That's a wonderful piece of advice. Ashley, I'm super grateful for you. I'm super grateful for this conversation. I definitely want to take a second to recognize not only the hard work that you've put into to Torigen in general, but the products and the things that you're doing to support a profession that I love and to essentially help out the potential of, of one of the biggest diseases that 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 is present in veterinary medicine, especially with older dogs and even older cats for that matter. I'm just extremely grateful for you. I'm, I'm, I'm sending you nothing but all of the best vibes and your continued success. And I look forward to um, having our next interview at your next huge milestone so that we can continue to be your biggest supporters and follow you all along. Thank you very much. And, and again, I, I'm wishing you nothing but the absolute best. Thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you.